The Bob Murphy Show, episode 82. you gonna do get ready for another episode of the bob murphy show the podcast promoting free markets free minds and grateful souls it's your source for commentary and interviews conducted by a christian and economist now here's your host bob murphy hey everyone welcome to another episode of the bob murphy show this one's gonna be idiosyncratic to say the least, I am going to be talking about intelligent design theory or ID. This is something I got into a lot back when I was teaching at Hillsdale College. This would have been 2003 to 2006. I wrote a bunch of articles for lourockwell.com, as I recall. Um, I just started reading different books, both for and against the standard Darwinian modern biological account of uh, origin of life and the various species. And in any event, there's a significant overlap between the debate over evolution between standard biblical creationists versus secular proponents of the modern synthesis and biology of standard Darwinian processes with no, uh, no role for an intelligent creator. And so, of course, the intelligent design movement or ID gets involved in all that. And the, in case you're not up to speed on this, the idea is that the ID movement, what they're saying, they're purporting to be scientific, right? So it's true if you grab the average person who's pushing ID, intelligent design, the person's probably going to be a theist and even more narrowly defined probably is going to be a uh, biblical literalist Christian, right? So that that's certainly true. But there's a, an interesting response that's given so you can understand how secular defenders of the Orthodox treatment in schools, how they recoil mightily against what they see as an attempt to smuggle in creationism through the back door by just dressing up this uh, apparently scientific theory. Oh, sorry, just to finish the train of thought. So ID, even though many of the practitioners may be in fact believers in the Genesis account, ID per se is not a religious theory. It's just saying using reason and observation and you know normal empirical methods of induction, the best hypothesis is that some intelligence was involved in the design of modern biological structures that we see on planet Earth. Okay? That that's the best hypothesis to explain our observations. We're not saying who the designer is or what it is, but we're just saying mere randomness and the processes of natural selection cannot explain what we see out there in nature, right? That's, that's what ID is. So you can understand the recoil against that from the orthodox biologists and so forth, but there's one particular argument they make that to me is just palpably absurd, and it shows why... Th- this debate is so sloppy because that's what my main conclusion was when I jumped into this back in 03 to 06 is I was just astonished at how sloppy the alleged heavyweights coming to represent Darwinism or Darwinism (laughs) 
how they, you know, they were just acting so erudite and, oh, we've got all of our uh, T's crossed and I's dotted and look at all the, and it was like they were making fallacies at step two in the argument. Now that doesn't mean they were wrong in their conclusions, right? I'm not talking about any of that right now. What I'm doing here in this particular episode of the Bob Murphy show is I want to just show you an example of the kind of thing that I mean in case you're incredulous. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. It's crazy. It's your Bible thumping moron. That's not the issue. It doesn't matter whether you think they're intelligent or not. The point is, I'm going to show you that one of the standard responses to the surge in interest in so-called ID or intelligent design theory, one of these standard pet responses that the mainstream establishment would give are just self-evidently crazy when you just think about it for a second. So that's what I want to show you, okay? So specifically, one of the things that the Orthodox defenders will do in order to convince the public, like, whoa, 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 this whole idea, the suggestion, well, why don't we just teach the controversy or teach both sides? No way do we want to do that. We don't give these people an inch because, number one, they're just actually religious zealots, just sheeps in wolves' clothing, right? So that's one argument just to say they're they're lying. They're just trying to smuggle it in. And apparently there is some evidence that at least one group, there's a memo or something where they they talk in those terms, like, you know, we got we're gotta do this, have this patent of objectivity and blah, blah, blah to get through the secular media. But, you know, really we're trying to teach biblical truth here. You know, so there's something like that out there. And I haven't researched that too carefully, but wouldn't surprise me if that memo exists. Okay, fine. That's fine. But the particular objection that they also often raise says that the very notion that there might be an intelligence behind biological structures, that that is per se an unscientific hypothesis, right? So they're trying to get you to think that to say, let's look at modern blood cells and wonder if they could have arisen purely by chance and natural selection or if some intelligence had to be involved at some point, that even to make that distinction, they're trying to get you to think is akin to saying, oh, I, there's thunder when it rains. Is that because the gods are angry at us? Right? You see how that would clearly be. It's not just that we think that would be wrong. We think that kind of talk is just unscientific. Like that's not even on the table is a hypothesis we need to test or to go, let's say like, well, hmm, what would be the uh, evidence in terms of, or what would, what would be the implications in terms of empirical observations we could make if that hypothesis were true? You know, let's let's go see if it's falsified. You don't even bother doing that because to say the gods are angry at us, give me a break, right? So that's, they're trying to get you to think that that is the same caliber of explanation as saying maybe there's an intelligence involved when we look at the bacterial flagellum and, you know, the structures and how they all interplay with each other. And gee, I, I don't think that could have arisen step by step in an unguided process where each additional step on the margin conferred an extra advantage. So uh, no, I, I think this thing must have been designed, right? That that kind of talk is impermissible. That's not within the bounds of science. That's what they're trying to get you to see. And again, in case you're so open-minded that you're immediately thinking to the, well, why, why? I don't think that that's a problem. Why, why would they want not want to let that kind of language in? If somebody threw a baseball and you're looking at the tra trajectory of it and someone said, oh, well, in the beginning, the ball wanted to go up 
and then it changed its mind and wanted to come down. A lot of physicists and chemists would say, it's not just that I think that's not true. That's not even science to talk like that, right? Whereas it is fine. You see a tractor trailer going one way on the highway and then it turns around and comes back. It's fine to say, oh, you know what? There's a human in control of that thing. Whether it's driving, you know, whether it's a human sitting behind the wheel or even if it's a self-driving car, it was programmed by humans. And so that's the way we're going to make sense of its behavior. We're going to find some human function and desire, some goals, right? So the talk of goals and subjectivity is fine when it comes to the social sciences, but not in the natural sciences. And so they think, understandably, these ID proponents coming in here, it's not just that we think that their actual theory, when you start getting more specific with it, is crazy because they're reading some book that some shepherds wrote 2,000 years ago. Oh, my gosh. What the heck? Kidding me? We got to put up with this? We even This is even a thing? Right? I understand that's the, that's the reaction. But they overstep because they think then, oh, to try to neutralize all the God talk by just saying, well, there could be an intelligence or intelligent designer with lowercase letters. We don't know what it is. That that is akin to saying the baseball wanted to go up and then changed its mind, right? That you can't use subjective motivations and goals and intelligence when you're explaining inanimate objects, or just you know, lifeless matter. <laughs> it's funny. I'm, I'm trying to, even as I'm trying to, because the, the matter here we're not is not lifeless. It's biological structures, so it is life, but <laughs> life. Eh, well, in any event, it's funny. I'm, I'm I'm not even able to continue and pretend to be them because I think there's so many problems with their theory. That's what's happening here. In any event, so you don't think I'm just attacking a straw man. I found two examples. One is from, it's a statement from the American Association for the Advancement of Science, or the AAAS, and they had a July 2013 resolution on intelligent design theory. So I'm not going to bother reading this, but there was nothing problematic in this statement from my perspective in terms of just being flat out goofy right off the get-go, right? I'm sympathetic to ID, and we'll get into that in future episodes, but I'm saying I can understand how a secular biologist could write this resolution here, and I, you know, fair enough. So what I'm doing is showing I'm being fair here. I'm going and serving. I'm not saying every official body that responds to ID uses this argument that I find weak. However, the Union of Concerned Scientists did use the argument. And I've also seen others, um, anecdotally, I've seen plenty of people, even professional biologists, use this argument, right? So it's not a straw man. But in any event, just for concreteness, I have here a December 16th, 2015 statement from the Union of Concerned Scientists. I'm sorry, this, I think it was originally penned in 2007, but the post I'm looking at is from 2015. Science is a powerful way of understanding the natural world through a process of observation, experimentation, and analysis. All right, then here's the money paragraph. Those advocating the teaching of intelligent design in the science classroom will only be successful if the public lacks understanding of basic concepts in science, including evolution. Despite the claims of the movement, intelligent design is not a scientific theory because the influence of intelligent, and the word intelligence in quotation marks, agent in the origin and evolution of life can neither be tested nor falsified. All right, let me read that last sentence there again because that's the money claim. Despite the claims of the movement, 
intelligent design is not a scientific theory because the influence of an intelligent agent and the origin and evolution of life can neither be tested nor falsified. All right. So again, they're not just saying it's wrong. They're not just saying we have inadequate evidence for it. They're saying it's not even a scientific theory. Right. And by that word scientific there, they don't just mean that as a synonym for good or theory that we think is plausible or is, is defensible. They're saying it's not, it lies outside the boundaries of science per se. So that's what they mean when they say it's not a scientific theory. Maybe I should have been stressing the term scientific, but they didn't italicize it. So I don't want to mislead you. All right. So that's the claim. And that's what I want to say is just self evidently false if you just think about it for five minutes, right? So why don't we go ahead and think about it for five minutes? Perhaps a few more. Not sure how this will go. All right. Let's say that Putin announces that he's really upset that his puppet Trump is getting taken out by these impeachment hearings and he is going to uh, implement his plans such that the American public will be sorry that they didn't rise up and stop this outrageous impeachment process. All right, nobody knows what he's talking about. You know, uh, Roger Stone's now in the slammer, so he can't be the go-between. It's really awkward. Ironic, in fact. And so what ends up happening, though, is all of a sudden, all these people just start getting a really bad case of the flu. Right? It's this horrendous strain. The people at the CDC are mystified. They didn't see this thing coming. And all these people, just millions upon millions of people are just getting laid up with the flu. Right? It's this really nasty strain, and it's uh, just affecting lots and lots of people. It's incredibly contagious, and it occurs to someone, oh, my gosh, what if this is what Putin was talking about? What if they somehow weaponized the flu? All right, and so uh, Trump is, you know, kind of upset that his master turned on him like that, and he, or, or maybe Trump realizes he's, that Putin's just punishing the American public for their lack of fealty. So he's okay with it. But in any event, while he still has power, he goes to the heads of the CDC and uh, the FDA and you know all the other scientific boards, people with the relevant expertise. And he says, I want you to uh, commission us a panel here and look into whether this latest strain of the flu was naturally occurring or if it was some kind of weaponized version that the Russians designed to... Uh, you know, inflict punishment on the Democrats for this witch trial. Now, how would you feel if, you know, the sign they're all awkward and you're looking at, the, at their shoes and stuff because, geez, orange man once again had just put his foot in his mouth. And so finally somebody has the courage to raise his hand and Trump's like, yeah, yeah what do you want? And the guy says, uh, Mr. President, I, you know, I just, I, 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 I'm sure you just, just slip of the tongue, but the very idea that we're going to go look at a biological structure like the flu and uh, try to see whether it occurred through natural processes or whether its current structure can only be explained or the more likely explanation to explain its structure is that some sort of human intelligence, in this case, the Russians were involved. That, that question, I mean, you're, you're asking us to do something that's not scientific. So really, I mean, if you want to go down the hall to the chaplain's office, you know, maybe that's more of a religious question, you know, so we're not saying the human enterprise is incapable of pondering such things, but that's really a question more for a priest than a biologist or a chemist. So yeah, why don't you go uh, 
down and ask, ask the chaplain if he thinks the Russians were involved because that's not really science. H- how would you feel about that answer? Wouldn't that be the stupidest thing you'd ever heard? That guy should be drained the next time Trump lowers the level in the swamp, right? Okay, how about uh, a different example? It is possible, it is entirely possible that intelligent life first originated on some distant planet in whatever, another galaxy. That's possible, right? It's, it's not in violation of the laws of physics as we understand them. Now, suppose that those intelligent beings then travel around seeding life, right? They develop special cells that have all sorts of information for lots of different species all packed into one supercell that they design. And then they go around and find planets with a suitable environment and other, you know, far enough from the sun, but not too far, blah, blah, blah. Maybe have a, a moon to protect it from incoming asteroids, stuff like that. All the right conditions. And then they plant that seed and then they move on. That's possible, right? I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying I have evidence for it. But I'm saying you can't rule that out as being physically impossible, a violation of the laws of nature as we know it, right? Okay. And so now my question is, how would human beings ever learn that? Suppose that's how life on Earth started, was that four and a half billion years ago, aliens from another galaxy came and they put this cell that had all sorts of different species information in it and they planted that thing in some swamp somewhere because they could they determined the conditions were right. And then that cell started dividing and then, you know, various lines developed and then just got further and further specialized such that distinct species finally clearly emerged. And then that gave rise to all of the variety and diversity of life that we see on planet Earth today, right? How would biologists and chemists and physicists today, how would they learn that that is actually what happened if, in fact, that is what happened? not saying it did, but suppose it did. In that hypothetical universe, how would the humans, four and a half billion years after the aliens planted that supercell, how would the humans know that? Or how could they entertain that hypothesis and then try to come up with ways of testing it? What I'm right now saying that possibly happened. And so if a scientist is hearing me say this, what would he or she think about, huh, how would we go about testing that to see if that is what happened, to see if that's a more likely explanation than the current explanation, which is that somehow inorganic molecules, something happening, a bolt of lightning or whatever, and life emerged. I think it's called abiogenesis is the, the technical term. Life out of non-life, right? That that's, that's what we're saying happened. So how would you assess whether the one explanation is more likely than the other, given the evidence we have today before our eyes? And I want to submit that what would be a goofy explanation or position to take on that question would be to say, the very hypothesis lies outside the scope of empirical science. You want to go ask a philosopher or a monk, whether aliens seeded life here, okay. But if you're going to use empirical methods of investigation, then you necessarily have to assume, just as a precept of science itself, 
you have to assume that life arose on Earth just from inorganic materials that were also on Earth. The very idea that some intelligence, whether from an alien or some other source, could have been involved is necessarily unscientific. Maybe not unscientific, but it's ascientific. It's, it's outside the bounds of science. And so you can't ask me as a scientist to try to tell you what evidence would be consistent with that or would lead you to prefer that theory over to, No, because it's not a scientific theory. I go out and I get evidence for scientific theories. You want to talk about Cambrian explosion or something? You want to talk about a bunch of things going extinct really rapidly versus more slowly, whatever? Okay, you want to say that maybe these two species were not at one point linked, if you go back in time, the way the current orthodoxy believe? Fine. Those are all valid scientific hypotheses that we can discuss. But the idea that some aliens may have come and planted a supercell that had all sorts of DNA strands packed into it, or maybe it wasn't DNA, maybe it was some precursor, packed into it, and that that's the thing that then multiplied a million, billion times and eventually led to all the different species. No, that hypothesis, I am so sure that that's wrong that I don't even need to assign any weight to that. We don't need to test that at all. Get it out of here. That's not even science. I'm saying, now speaking as Bob Murphy, not as the hypothetical critic, I'm saying that type of reaction would be goofy. Why would you just at the outset assume that the answer has to be in this box over here? That's To me, that seems unscientific. That seems irrational with the, a loose use of those terms. So let's think about it. How would you go about testing whether life on Earth arose just from purely natural processes without the work of any intelligence, or if that first cell that is the common ancestor of all life forms on Earth, suppose that first cell was deliberately designed by an alien intelligence, let's say. How, how would you go about testing it? Well, I think what you would do is you would look for things that could not possibly have arisen from the standard Darwinian process, right? And just to show you that there are things like that. Let's say they sent out a probe, like, the, like those ones that leave the solar system, right? And they're going out there and they do a quick pass of Pluto and then they see something. Like, what? And they zoom in on it and somehow, I don't know if there's rocks on Pluto. Some Pluto if there's not rocks on Pluto, some moon or something where there's rocks, right? And they could see. And the rocks are arranged and spell out Ship crashed, help, right? I mean, it, it, it's pretty clear. It's, there's, there's no ambiguity. I mean, it's, it's uh, like it's a comic sans font, but it, it's, it's definitely English letters. There's no, we're not stretching. It's not like how you look at certain constellations, like, oh, look at that. That's a, a guy with a belt. And you're like, what are you talking about? No, it isn't. It's like six points. But in this case, no, there's no ambiguity. It says ship crashed, help. I think that's what I said. Now, how would we explain that, right? Wouldn't that just be the most amazing discovery? I mean, people would probably be saying things like, okay, either there's aliens that know how to write in English or maybe it's humans from the future, you know, because they would realize that can't be from us. Or humans a long time ago had advanced technology that they somehow lost, you know, but why would it be in English? They'd be going all through it. Nobody would say, wait a minute, no. Those are just rocks out there, an arrangement of rocks we have to come up with a naturalistic explanation for that, that it must have been the hills 
were such that the operation of gravity just led the rocks, you know, during an earthquake or something to roll down the hill. And they just must have all settled in that pattern. And the idea that we're going to invoke an intelligence to explain our observations concerning rock sediment and deposit, I mean, that's, that's unscientific. Nobody would talk like that. That'd be crazy. You'd say no. And yeah, then suppose they did go down and they realized, hey, look at this, you know, the slope of this mountain and there's grooves in the sand here and da, 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 that actually, I don't think it took an intelligence to place these rocks on the shore to spell out that phrase. Because you can see here, the rocks probably started on top of this hill and just rolled down. And it's not like something even had to push it, right? Just standard tremors and so on, because this is a region affected by seismic activity. The rocks could have rolled down here and, da, 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 and just naturally fall. And look at how these grooves are and blah, 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 blah. And it just spells that out, you know, in, in quotation marks, right? It doesn't actually spell, just like evolution doesn't want to have more copies of, of the life forms, right? That's just loose talk that we use. Evolution doesn't want anything, right? So likewise, these rocks rolling down the hills here on this moon of, of Neptune or whatever, it's not, quote, spelling out something, even though, yes, is loose talk, we say that, but come on. And we can explain it all without reference to any intelligence. You can see how these grooves in the mountain were such, da, da, da. again, normal people, normal scientists would stop the person and say, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. You're missing the point. At best, all you're doing is pushing the explanation back one stage. Okay, sure. Maybe it was just the blind forces of gravity and friction and you know Newton's laws or whatever in terms of explaining the rocks rolling down this mountain and then spinning around and such because of the, the contour of the sand. And then there's these depressions on the, on the shore so that the rocks, when they filled it in, if you looked at it from an aerial view, looked like it was spelling out ship crashed help. But that just raises the question, why were the depressions in the sand in that configuration? And why were the grooves in the mountain exactly right so that when there was a minor earthquake, all the rocks rolled down and, quote, spelled out that phrase? That's crazy that you're going to try to attribute that to chance. And yes, if you can come up with a blind process to explain one little stage of the operation, all you've done is push the question back one step that the, you know, the intelligence must have come in somewhere and you're just quibbling over where it came in. And yeah, we can't explain right now where it came in. We're not sure. All we're saying is looking at that message on the shore, there's no way you're going to get me to think an intelligence wasn't involved with that, right? So I am hoping nobody would have a problem with that position. And so now... I want to say take that kind of analogy or take that as an analogy for the biological question. Now, it's easy for us as lay people, non-biologists, to understand the issue of the rocks being arranged to spell out ship crashed help or spaceship crashed help, whatever as I said. It's not so obvious to us what that the analog of that would be when it comes to looking at cells and what their structure is or something even bigger than cells like, you know, systems and so on, organs. But still, the, the, the principle is there, right? If you saw something that could not possibly have arisen from blind processes, and if it looked like the thing had a purpose or it did something, it had meaning, then that's prima facie grounds for thinking an intelligence was involved, right? 
I'm, I'm just trying to get you to see, like, what what is it about seeing the rocks like that that makes us so sure that an intelligence was involved? Right, that's the idea. And so I hope I've convinced you that the principle of ID or intelligent design is not unscientific per se, and that it's a it's a valid approach. Now the question is, is it useful? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. All right, and we'll come back to that in future podcast episodes. What I wanted to do in this initial introduction idea was just to clear your mind of preconceptions. If you walked into this issue thinking the very notion that an intelligence could be involved was goofy, then and unscientific, well, I hope I've shown you, no, there's plenty of areas where it'd be a perfectly reasonable, quote, scientific hypothesis to say an intelligence was involved. Okay, last thing, notice you, you might say, and for some reason people say, think this is a valid objection, they'll say, oh, well, if, if you can't explain how the, um, you know, the life forms on Earth evolved just using blind processes and you have to invoke the aliens, well, then where the aliens come from, right? So you saw it's all coming from God and where'd God come from? So this is goofy. Instead, why don't we just admit our ignorance up front and just say we're trying to work? Okay, you're, you're so quick to dismiss this. Just calm down, right? I'm not trying to trick you. It could be that the alien cells making up their body, the cells that make up their body, if you looked at them, they wouldn't have the characteristics of something that couldn't have arisen from chance, right? So the term here that's used in the ID literature is irreducible complexity, all right? But I don't want to get too technical right now in this initial introduction, right? I'm just saying it's possible that whatever it is that you came up with to say, yes, if, if these five criteria were met, then I would, I would conclude that the cells that we're observing on planet Earth could not have arisen merely by chance. And, and, not, and, and in case you guys aren't getting the analogy, I know people are going to, some of you are going to be thinking, wait, it's not just chance. There's billions of years of natural selection. Right, I know. But the point is, if the end product of that is something that is remarkable and meaningful, then the question is, why was the environment such that it led to that, right? That, so that's the analogy with the, the contours on the mountain and the depressions in the sand on the beach, right? You could just say, oh, no, that's what the landscape was. And thus, the, you know, the fittest place for the rocks to end up, given the forces of nature, you know, laws of gravity and all that stuff, were where they ended up. And so there I explained the emergence of that ostensible sentence structure without reference to an intelligence and again, you've just pushed the, the question back one stage. Why was the mountaintop designed such like that? Or why did it have that configuration, right? So likewise, if what evolution gives rise to is something that is significantly meaningful and extraordinary, whatever that you want to say, surprising that you don't think it could have arisen from chance to say that there was this landscape such that the evolutionarily fittest things were the ones that popped out of the other in the pipeline. That would just be pushing the question back one step. Why was the landscape like that? Okay. So here again, I'm not saying, ha ha, see, so ID is correct. And you know what? I think God's name is Yahweh. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm not trying to convince you that it's a plausible theory. I'm trying to convince you though, that it's a scientific theory or I'll say hypothesis. If you want to reserve the term theory for something you think's earned it. That's fine, okay? That was the modest point I wanted to make here in this episode. And so hopefully that has 
cleared the deck now for a more fruitful discussion when we I'm going to have some experts come on down the road on the show and maybe I'll do some more solo episodes on this. So in conclusion, intelligent design per se, I want to argue, is a scientific hypothesis. Maybe it's wrong, but you can't dismiss it just by saying the invocation of a intelligence when you're explaining biological structures is inherently unscientific. Last thing, just to finish that train of thought, it's not, it doesn't lead to an infinite regress. And it doesn't necessarily lead to God. It could very well be the case, logically speaking, that aliens arose from very simplistic processes. And if you looked at the cells forming the aliens' bodies, there wouldn't be irreducible complexity. It'd be, oh, yeah, I could totally see how random stardust, blah, blah, blah. And then a billion years later, this happens. And then this happens. And there's nothing unusual or unlikely that I need to invoke in that step-by-step explanation. Whereas then, once they achieved intelligence, they then in the lab created this supercell with all the different future species of Earth packed in there, as it were, and then they went and planted it on Earth. And so that's the, the cell they created was not at all like the cell that was in their bodies, right? That's logically possible, okay? So my story does not lead to an infinite regress or any, any kind of logical contradiction. It's possible that's what happened. And so if you're saying by definition, biologists can never know that. It seems like you're foolishly shutting down our ability to understand what may have in fact happened. Why would you do that a priori at the outset? Let the evidence have something to say about it. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Join us next time. Thanks, folks. You've just experienced another episode of The Bob Murphy Show, the podcast promoting free markets, free minds, and grateful souls. For more information and to subscribe to this podcast, visit BobMurphyShow.com.